What's up everyone? Today we're going deeper into program variables, program periodization, and a whole lot of other jargon that you probably don't understand yet. We are gonna demystify it for you. And today we're gonna to be talking about program splits and exercise selections and variations. Stick around, you don't wanna miss this. Welcome to the show, Tribe. My name's Yanni Bormeister. Next to me is Phil White, the sexy one of the bunch. Across the table is Rad. And behind the mixer is Richie. We are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. You can learn a lot about how we turn driven people into superhumans by downloading and reading our blueprints for strength, flexibility, and nutrition. Check them out in the description. Otherwise, go to unitygym.com. This is a big show today. We're starting to peel back the layers and actually leave you guys with some seriously actionable steps that you can use to design your programs. We got There's a really good buzz in the gym at the moment. It's always a different energy during testing week. Uh, and we, we're, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying seeing all of the testing videos go up uh, and critiquing and giving people feedback from our UMS online coaching tribe. Uh, there's been some, yeah, it's just, it's just a good buzz. I think during testing week, do you feel that? Yeah, I do. I love it. Uh, I love seeing, um, <laughs> I love seeing people's faces when I shred them about their, uh, their <laughs> tempo and, uh, cut them down at the knees. Um, but, uh, no, it's it not is, at all really where uh, I was yeah. predicting this conversation to go. No, it's <laughs> good. No, it's rad, awesome. You know, really no, I did, what I meant, let me clarify. I like seeing people learn things and have an aha moment. And yeah, a lot right. of people go through that in testing week. A lot of people get real breakthroughs where yeah. they go, wow, that's what you're meant to be doing here or this is how that's meant to be done. And that's a big moment for me because as a coach, I'm always looking to give people those moments. And, uh, and it's really cool. It's really, really cool when you see your senior students who you often have less to teach. You know? You're not walking around telling them how to hold their shoulders and where to put their knees on a squat from a day-to-day -day basis. So when they have that moment where they look at you and go, oh man, that's big, you know, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and first testing week since the gym's opened up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 big time. So it's what you're watching. You're watching a lot of egos get crushed uh, <laughs> because people aren't as strong. They've gone backwards a little bit in lockdown, which can only be in lower expected. body. Only yeah. in lower body. The guys yeah. are. A lot of people yeah. are telling me that they're actually getting some PBs on upper body. Yeah. Um, that they are they're stronger than they've ever been before. Stav this morning was saying to me that this testing week is the first time ever that his external dumbbell external rotation was balanced um, to his bench. He's yeah, never had really? that before. It's always been in balance. Wow. Um, so there was a couple of really uh, good moments there you know, um, another, with some of the guys. Another real nice moment I had last night was overhearing, uh, I was um, fluffing around getting organized to leave when Richie started teaching the evening class. And uh, I heard him um, complimenting one of the guys who, you know, had, had tested um, with a positive test, a good test, uh, a pass, uh, with his overhead pressing in comparison to his bench pressing. And, uh, and Richie was saying, yeah, because we do such a, w a nice balance of vertical push-pull and horizontal push-pull, most people are testing uh, with a pass on the vertical push-pull. I remember back in the day when we first did this, uh, all the way back, it would have been like 2008 or something, or 2006 mm. at, at Tony Bataji's um, Bataji Fitness Institute, and uh, I remember failing miserably on my overhead press. Like oh, I, I didn't even get one. I rep. didn't get one rep. I couldn't yeah. get one rep. And yeah. and uh, I, it just was like this huge awakening moment for me, realizing how piss weak I was in my vertical 
pushing yeah. in comparison we to my bench press. We balanced back then. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and it's just so nice to see, um, you know, the, what, what the results are, what results are produced by a, a, a training program um, that is so well balanced, mm. you know, that actually, fo that actually focuses on this. And the testing, I guess, for me, the reason why I get so excited during testing week is that it, um, it, it, it's really important. It's in our core values to get results. Get results is literally one of our five core values. And what that means for us is not just, you know, achieve the result or the goal that you set out to achieve. It's about demonstrating success. And it's about um, uh, demonstrating success is exactly what you do when you do testing week, you know, because when you start to unravel the balance in your body, it's a really nice way, especially when we're getting all these videos posted in the UMS online coaching group, which we're going to be uh, working to critique at a much deeper level on Friday during our weekly group coaching call. Um, it, but it's a really, really nice thing to see people demonstrating success and, and, and really hyped about the fact that, yeah, last week, last testing, they, they didn't do so well in this. And this time around, it's mm. come to balance the fruition, uh, yep. the balance has come to fruition, you know, it's very exciting. Yeah. As a physio standpoint, it must be, um, it must be nice to see people training in a manner that sort of balances their body, doesn't <laughs> yeah, excessively yeah. overdevelop <laughs> cer yeah. certain parts of the body, you know? Yeah, and I think there's like, you know, the, the beauties in like the kind of simplicity around that. I think it's kind of a funny one to think like how revolutionary it's been for me kind of getting used to training here and having that like one-to-one -one horizontal and, and vertical. It's like, oh yeah, that just makes so much sense from a anatomical point of view. Like yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> like, but before so for some reason that just that I didn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it took, it, we trained for years, uh, probably over a decade as yeah. um, personal trainers and training our clients without giving this, um, you know, same balance that we give it now. And it, yeah, it just makes yeah. so much sense, and doesn't it? Well, funny enough, for years and years when I was at Fitness First, I used to train with a bunch of bodybuilders and we used to pair bench press with chin up. And yeah, that I was a that. very common thing to yeah, do. It I was push-pull and, and so, you know, it was perceived to be a, a, a good pairing. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't really until I think Ian King slapped us in the face and, and or one of the great strength coaches of old and said, why would you pair a horizontal push with a vertical pull? Yep. Why, why not pair vertical push pull and horizontal push pull? It yep. makes more, a lot more sense, yep. you know, with the way the body works. And yep. it certainly produces good yep. results for us. And the other thing with testing is like in, from physiotherapy background, it's all about objective testing and, and seeing that you're intervention or or not intervention is, is actually making it a change so testing is an integral part of that so it's good to be um, yeah you know kind of living that in the gym as well yeah, yeah it's really cool very very cool so today we um you know we're, we're beating this drum this week of of program periodization and of this you know at the core of what we're talking about this week is that you you really shouldn't just be doing the same thing over and over again, which so many people are doing. They they feel like they get a good result with a, a program, and so they think, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat that program again, expecting that that same result is gonna happen. And, it, and it's not the way it works. We spoke about this a lot yesterday. That you know, adaptation is a process where your body adapts to a new stimulus, and so you go through the process of adaptation where you become stronger or more flexible, or you get a result from from what it is that you do that is an initial result and if you continue to do the same things um, the rewards the 
they start to diminish. You get diminishing returns on what you're doing. So the idea is, I mean, it's the same with running. You know, you can run for, uh, you know, as, a, as somebody that's really new to running, you can run for one to two kilometers uh, a couple of times a week and you'll see a massive improvement in fitness. But pretty quickly, that one to two kilometers a couple of times a week is going to do bugger all to improve your fitness. Now, there's something I want to say before we go on. And one of them is, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone catching us live on the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. If, if you guys are listening to the podcast or watching the replay on YouTube, you've got to get over there. Uh, and I want to reward them. So good morning, Quok, and good morning, Andy, for Hi, commenting. Lads. There's actually 14 people on live. So tell us who, who you are on? and so where I'll you're give on. give you a shout out. But say hello. next thing, and I think this is really important that we just quickly draw this line in the sand before we step over it. If you are a beginner or you're new to exercise and you're catching this podcast or you're watching in the UMS Movement Mastermind group, I do not want to freak you out with what we're talking about this week. Yeah. Because when you're first starting out and it is, it is a beautiful time to be exercising when you're a newbie because you get such a big reward for your effort just by turning up and doing a little bit of work. You do not need to weigh yourself down with the complexities of program yeah. and periodization. For the first probably 12 weeks of your training, you would... It, um, improve immensely just by doing push-ups every morning you know so you, just you can, keep it super simple at that stage you, you can actually even with a really good stretching program you can actually get stronger yeah and with a really good strength training program you can actually get more, more flexible. flexible that's yeah. exactly right so, new, so you know before we dive into the complexities of program periodization and we are going to go layer by layer through this and how we start to manipulate things at unity gym um and there are many ways to skin a cat so we're not the be all and end all we're not this isn't this isn't the only way to design programs but for the new people who are just starting to exercise or maybe have just re um kicked off or commenced uh, an exercise routine um after a couple of years of hiatus you just focus on the simplicity of it and get a really up, nice little work. workout. Yeah, yeah. done. Don't yeah. worry about... Focusing on the like what you're talking about there, Rad, with diminishing returns is just such a key thing to understand this whole sort of piece because, yeah, as, as Yanni, I'm so glad you pointed that out. Like, please, yeah, don't get <laughs> freaked out by this complexity. For, like, get stuck into it um, if you're new to this or even had a break. But then, yeah, diminishing returns is such an interesting thing and it's why, you know, uh, it's really hard to become an Olympic athlete and a world record holder. Like, it's... it. it you can uh, get, you know, a part of the way there by just doing the simple stuff, but then it really takes like so much to then get those little percentage gains to actually become the best in the world at anything. And that's why thousands have, of hours. Yeah, that's why they training. have staff yeah. that manage every yeah. little part of their life to, you know, yeah. sleep and nutrition and and are, are really looking at how they, um, you know, tweak that tweak their programs to the point of getting like yeah so detailed around muscle contraction types and energy systems and all that so um yeah th that's the idea of this diminishing return stuff yeah. at the beginning you're just gonna get so much out of getting stuck yeah. into it yeah. Yeah. And, but but the people that we're really it's, it, that we're really talking to here is again if you're a beginner take this with a grain of salt and enjoy your workouts and soon enough you will come to this point but we're talking to the people who are saying you know um either the people that are saying man, I got such a good result with this program or these last couple of programs, I'm going to repeat it again. You're not going to get the same result. It's not going to happen the same way. Yep. And or the people that are saying, oh, my God, I'm so frustrated. When I started training, I got really, really, I got massive gains in my flexibility and strength for that first six to 12 months. And in the last 12 months, I just haven't been able to get any better. Yep. So those are the people that we're talking to here. Yeah, one of some of the best strength coaches in the world used to say, um, 
you get a 30% increase or adaptation or improvement in strength through consistency if you're if you're new to strength training it doesn't really matter the program uh, you just have to be consistent and you have to do things properly and um, it, and just a scientific point on why that um, is generally happening we've talked a bit about it before um, with the neural adaptations to training um, so much of um, with being able to generate strength in your muscles is being able to uh, basically access all like there's so many muscle fibers um, motor units that you can't access unless you have extreme neural drive and that's why you get people lift mothers lifting cars off babies where they are suddenly able to access all this like superhuman strength um, but just as part of training we start to be able to um, access larger and larger motor units which makes you stronger without actually having any physical muscle. physical yep. adaptation to the um the, yep. the muscles themselves so yep. that's how just turning up and just doing the training will mean that your you know your nervous system starts to really uh, get firing and and mm. yeah you get great gains yeah but then eventually uh and it happens um in the grand scheme of things this happens pretty quickly eventually you're going to go through that adaptation and turning up and doing the work is not going to produce um, even close to the results that you got when you first started. And at that point, you need to start doing something called periodization. Yep. And uh, this usually is Usually for most people starting, it's usually around the nine to 12 week mark that this occurs mm -hmm. if you've been consistently lifting weights or yeah. training or, or doing stretching, yep. that you'll find that you start to really plateau. Yep, yeah. yep. And we're talking like you'll start to plateau at that nine to 12 week mark. I don't know exactly when after that, but very shortly after that, you will hit a grinding halt you will get to a point where you literally can barely get stronger by doing the and same thing again anymore. just make it really clear the reason for that is yeah it's generally that kind of in within that first six weeks it's when you're um really just ramping up your kind of neural drive systems and then you start to get um limited by basically the speed in which you can um you know build hypertrophy in the muscles and yeah build muscle size tendon um adaptation to load mm -hmm. like all of these things that takes that yeah. time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So what we're talking about today, there's, there's, there's several variables that we manipulate for periodization. You have uh, exercise selection, you have the amount of weight you lift, which directly correlates to the amount of reps that you do. You have the rest between sets, you have the tempo at which you lift the weight at, and then you have um, overload techniques. What we're going to talk about today is uh, the what we've identified as, as probably the most uh, the most basic things that we manipulate in the UMS for periodization. Um, one of the first ones is the exercise split. And the exercise split is not something that we manipulate too much. It's something that we've set by looking at what, this, what the good research says is the most effective way to develop strength and not to overload yourself and to, to achieve a consistent progress. And that is that you really need to rest about 48 to 72 hours on the same muscle group if you take it to failure and really do a good workout on it before you can produce maximal effort again. And do right? you know what one of the one of the things that you can do lifestyle related to speed up that process that actually has a really good science? Are you asking it? me or is it rhetorical no, I'm, I'm for the rhetorical. listener? <laughs> Drink coffee. Coffee has a. Um, I, I read a really good study on coffee recently where it, it um, has a an anabolic response to recovery after exercise. Really? Yeah. Yep. 
Google anabolic if you want to. Let's not get into that right now. Um, but uh, <laughs> the um, <laughs> just thought I'd throw that yeah. in there. There you go. As we're all Who drinking knew? our coffee, coffee has some health benefits. Yeah. So the the program split is the is 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 one thing that you want to try to understand. And the way we do it in the UMS is we do uh, bent arm strength on Monday and Thursday, which is upper body strength training movements that involve bending the elbows. Then we do lower body strength training on Tuesday and Fridays. And then for those that are that are keen that want to do um, more than four days a week on Wednesday and even on Saturday if you want to, we do our athletic um, skill development, which means that you can either, um, in the UMS online coaching, we teach people how to do straight arm scapular strength for calisthenics and things like that. Um, but we also coach people on how that they can uh, work on glute activation and uh, hip stabilization and strengthening for athletic performance. So that's that's in a nutshell what a program split yeah, means. Can I just quickly yeah. talk about that, that rest period and why it is so important. It's not just like this arbitrary sort of time that makes it feel slightly better. It's about getting optimal adaptation to the training stimulus. So if you come back and you train before that, um, like what happens when you train is basically you're, you're causing protein turnover. So you, you're um, doing exercise that's gonna stimulate some protein breakdown and then the synthesis of, of new protein. And if you come in and you start um, training day after day, doing the same thing all the time, that um, turnover versus like um, regeneration, it starts to get out of out of whack, and you kind of end up turning over more than you can produce. Pretty you don't. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's all about having that rest period, like the time between training um, the same uh, muscle group, is to get an optimal recovery. It's not like you can just turn up and be like, oh, I'll just train harder and I'll I'll get yeah. a better result. It's like it, rest is just such a key part, and mixed it's a, with nutrition. And it's a really confusing um, uh, thing to get your head around when you're starting out in the gym because you get this conflicting stimulus because when you exercise, when you lift weights especially, you get what's referred to as blood gorging in the muscle, which is what we refer to um, as a pump, you know, and you feel swole. Yeah, when, especially <laughs> the guy, I know the guys love this. I certainly do. You feel good. And so you feel like going back to the gym the next day and repeating that process and getting swole again, and, and especially in the muscles that you like to look swole, like your pecs and your delts and your biceps and things like that. And, you know, I used to see this all the time. You see guys coming back to the gym over and over again doing the same muscle groups. And they used to argue till they're blue in the face, but I'm getting bigger. I'm getting swole, you know? And then they go on a, a two-week vacation to Bali. They go, man, I lost so much muscle when I was in Bali. And, you know, here's a fun fact for you. You don't actually lose any muscle when you go on a two-week hiatus from the gym. It takes a little bit longer to really start to lose muscle. Um, uh, what you lose is the party pump, you know? And so this is a real, a bit of a, um, uh, you know, a head... Um, uh, battle for especially for guys to get around to leave at that 72 hours so that they hit what we refer to as the super compensation effect which is the peak of adaptation you want to hit the stimulus again at uh, you don't want to have dropped off the adaptation curve and you don't want to hit it on the way up you want to catch it right on the peak and that tends to be depending on how much coffee or anabolics exogenous hormones you take it tends to be 72 hours for someone who's doing it naturally yeah yep. And so th that's, again, that's the, this is why we love having Phil on the show here, because we get the real science talk um, on the things that Yanni and I like to spew out. Um, but that is, that is, no, I love it. It's, it's awesome. Because I, uh, I can't explain it the same way Phil can. Whenever he says it, I nod my head and go, yeah, 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 that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, um, 
So that's a program split, and you know we've chosen the program split that we do in the UMS for for a very good reason. So if you're not enrolled in the UMS, then this is how you want to be thinking about the way that you do your program. You want to be first thinking about a program split. And for everybody out there, the way that the way that you select your program split is based on your priority. Yep. So if your priority is to ve to develop strength in your lower body, then the lower body should take precedence at the start of your training split, and yep. that you the start of your training split may not be a Monday. Yep. It may be a Sunday or yep. a Wednesday. And it might only it, be a three-day week. You yeah, know, like, that's like right. It, de it, it depends where when you've had your rest period. Yep. And usually, you know, like we like to have a day off on Sunday and not do anything except sit on the couch or go for a walk or something, you know. Um, but uh, then our training split starts on a Monday. And what comes first uh, on the training split is usually the thing that gets the most priority because it's you're the most fresh yep. at, at that point, yep. you know. And we do vertical push pull on Monday for the big reason that the majority of people that want to learn how to do pull ups that can't do it, we want them to be the freshest when they can do it, and that yep. is the that is the the entry level calisthenics slash resistance training movement that most people that can't do really want to do. And yep. that and, and that is really critical. We really want people being able to do a pull up. Um, so we do that first. Yeah. Yeah. So and when you start pushing overhead press as well, like it's it takes a lot of yeah. kind of concentration and, and whatever because yeah. there's yeah. just a bit more that can kind of go wrong, I guess. Yeah, and we've played around with yeah. our program split to get it to where it was. Yeah. We there oh, was a 100%. while ago where we had we had vertical push pull on Thursdays. And we used to do deadlifts on Monday because it's the biggest, yeah. hardest, baddest. Yeah. And it yeah. just and yeah, that's <laughs> why I did. Right. it was Yanni. It was so funny because it was Yanni that said deadlift has to be on a Monday, and then six months later it was Yanni that said deadlifts has to be on a Friday because he was like has to be on a Monday we've got to prioritize it and then six months later he was like man I can't do anything for the rest of the week we're moving deadlifts to Friday yeah. Yeah, but, that, well. but trial and error guys and we found what we believe is the best way to do it so the next thing we want to talk about now is is exercise selection and this is the, the first way that you can manipulate um, periodization it, it's the simplest way it requires the least amount of um, thought thought and understanding of all these variables that you can do because literally like just an example would be you know you, you're doing a flat um, bench press or you're doing a dumbbell chest press and you go to a barbell chest yeah. press you know or well, you're doing a dumbbell shoulder press and you go to a barbell can shoulder I, press can or, I correct um, can I correct you there? The, the easiest and most straightforward way to periodize is to just lift more weight on the same movements yeah. so if you're coming to the gym every workout you should try to increase the load just a little bit but wouldn't you call you that know? overload I wouldn't call that periodization I'd call that the principle of overload that's yeah, just overload. I guess you're, so, you're yeah. overloading every week. That's yeah. not periodizing. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say that that's the first thing that people think about, though. Um, but then after that, it's the selection of exercises. Yeah, that's right. And, and what we should probably cover, first of all, is the complexity concept. Yeah. Multi-joint compound movements versus isolated single-joint movements. Mm -hmm. um, because that's the most obvious. Like, we... Um, taking into consideration that the vast majority of you are going to be training in a gym that's filled with a valley and and forest full of assisted machines that move in very restricted ways that <laughs> limit the adaptation of certain parts of the body but maximize the adaptation of others um, then the first thing we tend to do is single joint movements because yeah. we sit in a machine and swing the arm and it might be a leg extension it might be a lateral raise it might be a pec deck uh, it might be you know a, an ab crunch machine whatever it is that you like to do 
you tend to gravitate when you're first starting out to single joint movements because they're easier, they isolate muscles more, they help with that party pump. Yeah, and my, my first gym experience of going into a, a giant gym with like headphones on, trying to avoid eye contact, but kind of watching what other people are doing to... <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> right, you know, right, and you're trying to learn on the fly yeah. and you've got some Don't look like weird looking... And that's looking, what everybody does, right? Yeah. I remember doing the same thing um, and because you, you don't know any better and all you know is that you want, you decided you want to go to the gym and you walk in there and you just look what everybody else is doing. Oh, oh yeah, and it's squat rack, the squat rack's usually governed by the buffhead crew yeah. that you know yeah. hang around it and 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 even the bench press the free weight bench presses are usually just just yeah. littered with buffheads that look intimidating half of them are probably bikies you don't know yeah. they got tattoos <laughs> <laughs> but um but so so the first thing you do is and the biggest exercises you might get into your regime are a lat pull down and a leg press if you can get time on it because there's usually only one or two in the gym uh, and, and so let's talk about the difference between the single joint movements and the multi-joint movements and how they, uh, how the body adapts to them and then throw in a little bit more complexity, which is open chain versus closed chain. So the difference between a lap pull down and a chin up mm -hmm. variation. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, Phil, you want to go with your with the machines versus um, yeah, uh, single I mean, joint versus compound movements? I think the kind of the, the best way to think about it is like we with all uh, parts of the body, we want to be using it as like they're really efficient systems. And when you start to bring in these machines that isolate certain parts of it and also and then support other parts, it means that the body doesn't have to work as a system anymore. It's now just basically like a whole bunch of the different sort of stabilizing and bracing and um, you know support mechanisms that the, the, the body will naturally do suddenly get taken out of the equation. So you start to then really isolate one particular uh, muscle or a few different muscles. Um, but without then bringing up all the, the structures that support um, and brace for it. So mm. I think it just like, it can be a fine way if you're like, it can be quite helpful in certain, certain injuries like tendinopathy to be, like really isolate a very controlled load into one area, but, or if you have like a serious injury in your abdomen and you need to not use the bracing mechanisms of your abdomen to then get, um, you know, the targeted strength to the upper body. But yeah, basically I think that if you can be doing compound movements, then that really trains the whole body and, and the joints and systems rather than... Yeah, yeah. and a compound movement and an isolated movement, it refers to... Isolated is what Phil just described. Compound means you're using multiple joints and multiple muscle systems um, in the one exercise yes. rather than trying to isolate it to it. So a, a good example might be a, a, a bicep curl versus a lat pull-down. The lat pull-down is going to hit the biceps. Now, I say that... Um, with all due respect, the the elbow extension and flexion is probably the only um, area that I do promote single joint isolated movements a lot, just because you can develop problems, and I think there's a there's a need for well not just elbow extension and flexion, but also pronation yeah. and supination and wrist flexion. Yeah. And so we kind of from the elbow down, we we do promote. Um, Isolated single joint movements, isolated single joint movements. movements yeah absolutely yeah. but you want to really uh, after, after you get comfortable on the gym floor and if you've walked up to the free weights and you you know the first few 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 weeks that you're in your new gym by all means get comfortable there using the assisted machines but you do want to progress off them very quickly because you will you know the, the what we're talking about about plateauing and diminishing returns that will happen very quickly when you're on assisted machines and you know and I'll just mean that when you try and do any movement that isn't on that machine. All those uh, bracing and support structures that I talked about, with, like 
um, when explaining this stuff, like they won't be conditioned for when you then use that muscle. So for an example, like, you know, if you do lots of uh, sort of pec work on a you know, pec fly machine or whatever, and then you go and you, you try and throw a ball really far, um, you'll have this strong pec that um, causes a lot of anterior glide in the, the shoulder joint. And because you haven't been training the muscles of the system, you won't have the scapular control, you won't have the rotator cuff control to stop an anterior glide. And you're more likely to get bicep pain, um, bicep tendon pain at the front from um, basically Ooh. a system that doesn't there's a hasn't big been working together. There. So, yeah, yeah. like, and the same thing is if you are um, doing lots of even like leg press for an example, like that's a, a decent sort of um, movement. But because you don't have to do a lot of the bracing through your back, you're just leaning against a um, you know a backboard, and you don't have to do as much bracing around the core. It means that you know if you then go and try and lift something, then you haven't got that um, the uh, abdominal bracing kind of down pat you haven't got like the spinal sort of extension down and when you go to lift you might have really strong legs but you the rest of the system isn't going to take that load so yeah. that's yeah. Where plus the leg press machine seems to be the, the um cause of some of the greatest gym fail videos we've ever seen <laughs> um so watch out for that for, so so the take-home message and this is really important what phil just said there is a um is a really gr great um explanation of the carryover and we, you know, you, you like, here's the thing guys, when you, when it comes down to it, we don't go to gym to get good at gym. We go to gym to get good at life. Yep. You know, we want to get we strong. Anyway. We want to perform better unless you're a bodybuilder. And a lot of what we're talking about here, if your goal is to stand on stage in, in your underwear and, and be a bodybuilder, it's very different yep. because you're not concerned about function. It's about symmetry and bringing up muscles. And then that, all those assisted machines really play a, a role in how you train. But this podcast probably won't play a good role in. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> right. But for a, from a functional standpoint, to be able to go out and actually um, demonstrate all of that hard work that you're putting in the gym in the real world, those assisted machines can actually detrain the body. It, yep. it, 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 it can have a negative effect because it gives you the sense of um, the false sense of security you think that you've developed great strength and on a superficial level you have but in a functional level you may actually have not the two times i've torn my hammy has been after you're doing a um a, ha a hammy leg curl machine like it's yeah every yeah. time i've done that i've torn my hammy straight afterwards yeah, and it's absolutely like, it's just such a uh, that might just be an, a bit of a coincidence but you know if you're training a muscle that in running is is used for deceleration of um knee extension and um you know ex like terminal extension of and stance phase like getting really technical here like if you train it as a just an inner range knee flexor like mm -hmm. that muscle has got a bit stronger but it hasn't yeah. done anything hasn't near its, its function, role yeah. and yeah. it's become really powerful in the wrong way and yeah uh, yeah so, so, so to, to sum up, because we do have to bring this in for a landing today, and we're going to continue on this topic. We're going to go deeper tomorrow and start talking about different variables. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. But the the, the take-home here is, you know, your, your program split should always, always um, be determined by your priority. If you, if you really want to train, like get stronger in legs, then they should come early in the program split. The program split should evolve to usually spread more days. So you might start training two or three days a week, but over time you can you can periodize extra days, and that's a great way of, um, of uh, avoiding plateau. You should absolutely be giving yourself sort of forty-two to seventy-two hours of. Um, uh, 48 to 72 hours of recovery between muscle groups. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on the supercompensation effect, catching the supercompensation curve at its peak. And what's the first thing you should change in your program? 
exercises. And exercise the way that you can manipulate exercise selection is going from single joint movements that you might be doing favoring in your gym, the assisted machines, to free weights, mm -hmm. to multi-joint movements. And and that's a really, really great way of periodizing your exercise selection. I think I think that tomorrow we can continue this because we didn't even touch on yeah. open and closed kinetic chain movements. Yep. So tomorrow maybe we won't spend so much time pre-framing and we'll get we'll really get into yeah. exercise selection and just uh, a good pre-frame you know yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but, for, but for those that are tuning in regularly we'll uh we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and we'll uh we'll we'll presume tomorrow that you listen to today's episode and we'll yeah. pick straight up and it won't just be for beginners going from uh single joint to multi-joint movement like we'll talk about with the squat and how you can you know really yep. yeah well, let's, changing. let's lead in let's let's get more advanced as the week progresses we, yep. big shout out to rebecca andy greg and lee for um tuning in live guys make sure that if you do tune in live because we see a number there but we don't see who it is so leave a comment and we'll give you a shout out yeah we really love questions as well yeah 100 percent. and much love to everyone listening on the podcast the podcast is growing exponentially much love to everyone tuning in and watching the replay on our youtube channel you guys haven't already get yourself over and uh, join the UMS movement mastermind private Facebook group you will have to agree to abide by the code of conduct otherwise your application will be rejected uh, have a great day everyone we will see you again tomorrow morning to go deeper into program periodization for more advanced level people bye bye Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.